it's, it's uh, one of, yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. Like when I was researching you for the to, for the interview today, I was like, okay, she is a, a psychologist by trade and a musician. So that's an interesting take. Like that is like yin and yang almost. <laughs> Well, I guess, uh, well, I don't know if it is for me, because I'm the same person. Um, but, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to hear what your take is on that as well. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but, uh, like, it's one of those things, like, your name itself is Aslan. So, I, uh, like, your parents, what were your parents thinking when they came up with the name Aslan? Where, what's the, you know, where's they originate from? Because it's really quite a very unique name. Um, so it is a real name, and it's originally it's Irish, and it's pronounced more like an SH sound, like Aislinn or Aislinn. Oh. So my parents chose to pronounce my name as Aislinn, thinking it would be easier for people to say and spell. But as I found out in school, I'm very, very wrong. My yeah. coffee name is Alice, because Alice gets coffee a lot quicker than Aislinn. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I, I was like thinking, like I, like, I was trying to not, like, obviously try and pronounce it correctly for you. But like Aslan, is that so? Your family, um, obviously Irish. I'm suspecting from giving you that name. Yeah, well, I I think definitely there's um, some heritage from the UK. Um, so yeah, I think they they thought it was a pretty name as well. It means dream or vision, which mm. I kind of like. No, it's a it's a it's a good name for you. It's it's sort of like um that Irish actress whose name I'm not even going to try and pronounce from Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. I think it's so, yes. so, is it so ours? Oh, I can't, I'm not even going to try that. That one's the hardest for me. Because, like, three names in one. You'll have your callers to ring off. <laughs> I've actually asked them on one of my shows, because we do this, like, segment with celebrities occasionally when we have artists. They're like, can you pronounce this name? And like, next question, please. I'm like, yeah. okay. Yeah, so I've given up yeah. on trying to pronounce Irish names at this point. There's something about the Irish name. It's a very beautiful name. It's just really hard for us in Australia and I guess also in the States, uh, to pronounce it properly. Yeah, well, for your listeners, it's spelled A-I-S for September, mm. L-I-N-N for November. So um, I'm used to being called all sorts of things like Aslan or Iceland. So, Iceland. Yeah, if anyone ever sees me, just say, hey, you, and smile, and I'll come over and have a chat. Iceland, that one to me is the most offensive because it's not even close to being your name. Like, I can see, like, <laughs> like... Even, I won't even say Asher, but it's like Aslan or something like that. But that, Iceland doesn't come close. <laughs> well, I guess I guess it's hard. Having two vowels at the start yeah. kind of confuses people. So so I'm okay with that. It's not really a name that people go, oh, Jane, of course. I know it's not really something that's familiar. It's not a, a name people. that people will easily forget, though. That's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good thing. If people can spell my name, then they'll always be able to find my music online. Awesome stuff. So we'll get on to the actual interview if that's okay with you. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Yeah, joining me today is one of our biggest fans of the show, Aslan Sharp, who has a brand new single, which you would have heard on our station. Thank you, Aslan, for taking the time this afternoon. Hi, Jared. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. No, it's, it's great to have you on. Obviously, we'll be playing your song, The Wall, which is... um. Not an original song, per se. It's your um, new edition that you first released a few years back. Yeah, I released it in 2017 with Joel Turner. Some of your listeners may remember from being on Australian Idol back in the day when Guy Sebastian won, and he's also a former world beatboxing champ. 
so when I originally wrote The Wall, I wanted a beatboxer and I didn't know anyone. And so I asked some friends, like, do you know anyone who beatboxes? And they said, why not Joel? Because I remember him from the show. And I didn't know him, but there's a part of my brain that always goes, well, I have to at least try because it would be amazing to have him on my track. Um, so, yeah, I did some creative networking over a period of time. And eventually his manager called me and said he'd love to be on the track. Um, so that was pretty exciting. And then with the remix that's just come out in 2020, I've got my new producer, Patty Boomba, also known as Pat Gabrielle, who's from Melbourne. And so we've remixed it as a more electronic pop style song. So I hope everyone likes the new take on it. So what was, um, what was the reasoning behind doing a remix um, three years later? Was it just the, the timing or was it just you felt like you wanted to get back into the music industry? Well, kind of a bit of both. So for the last three years, I've been working with Patty as my new producer. And so I wanted to come up with a way to introduce our first song to the world, which is the Wall Remix. And so it was kind of a cool way to see how we would work together and even a creative challenge to go, well, can I take something that I've already made and reinvent it? So that's kind of exciting. And in a way, I feel like in my own life with coronavirus, I'm having to reinvent myself, you know, to adapt to 2020. And so I, I think it's always kind of cool being able to do that, to be flexible and to challenge myself in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Aslan joining us this morning. Now, as far as both versions go, is there one that you prefer more or one that you, I guess, enjoy the process of making, even though it's a remix edition? Oh, I enjoyed both. I think they definitely have a different flavour. Um, so with the new remix, I added some different chords. I even took out some lyrics in a certain bit. Um, and I changed up the end of the bridge as well. So um, I, I appreciate both of them, and I'm really excited with the remix because it's this new electronic pop sound that I haven't explored before, so that was kind of exciting to achieve that. So obviously that's the sound we can expect more in the uh, coming months and years from you, Aslan, or is this just a, a quick little sample from a larger experimental sound that you'll be developing? Yeah, I would say the latter. It's a taste test of a part of what my new song collection will be in future. So working with Patty has been pretty amazing because I can present many different styles for him when I show him a new project and say, hey, can we try this style out? And he's really flexible and open-minded to go, sure, let's give this a go. So um, I've got other tracks that will come out in future that are definitely not just electronic pop, like some are more, I guess, um, a little bit rock, um, but not just strictly electronic pop. So no, I would say it's a taste test of my, I guess, broader music release sounds in future. Well, that's interesting because obviously uh, Patty Boomba is obviously touring or was touring with Illy, who's one of our, you know, acclaimed hip-hop artists and rappers. Is there something that I guess that maybe in the future you'd like to work with Illy? Because obviously he's, a, he's an amazing artist. Yeah, well, Illy's a great artist and look, if the opportunity ever came up, I would, I would definitely be open to exploring that. I think it's cool, like when you work with different artists like I did with Joel, it definitely is a way to kind of expand your musical sound. So yeah, I think definitely like even working with Patty, it's definitely, I think you have more creative options working with someone else and I really like that collaboration in the process of making music. No, no doubt, and obviously you, you took um, three years off, you, you developed a new sound, and but what people probably don't know about you, Aslan, is that you are a registered psychologist, um, which is quite fascinating to me, obviously being in the music industry and, the, and being a psychologist, because 
to me, they seem to, a little, as I told you earlier, a bit of yin and yang um, approach, and because both industries are very different. Yeah, they are different, but I think definitely that psychology has a lot to offer music. Um, so being a musician can be a tough industry because it can be a more unstable type of schedule and I guess even in terms of income, whereas as a psychologist, it's probably a bit more structured in terms of hours um, and scheduling. So I think with music, it definitely has challenges that... Um, you know, psychological and well-being support could definitely um, help support it for musicians, um, so they can be more creative and I guess have healthier lives being musicians. Well, that was the thing I was going to ask you, Aslan. As someone that is in both fields now, do you feel that I don't want to say you've got a responsibility with that, but you can help up-and-coming artists or artists that maybe are struggling because of COVID nineteen or struggling because of you know the the pressures that you that they can turn to you as someone that is sees both sides on a, on a psychological front, but also as a musician yourself. Yes, yes, definitely. And actually, why I became a psychologist is from being a musician first. It was yeah. actually my experience as a musician feeling like there wasn't support for things like managing performance anxiety. I felt like it was a really taboo subject when I studied it. And I was really curious why that is, because it's such a normal thing. Um, and so that's actually where my interest in becoming a psychologist started, was from being a musician and thinking that there's a lot of technical support to get better at things like scales and, you know, performance on stage. But in terms of the psychological pressures, there didn't seem to be a lot there. And so I felt like that was a niche that I really wanted to be able to contribute to in future. So definitely, if there's any... Um, listeners out there who work in the music industry that are struggling, I would definitely recommend contacting Support Act, which is a charity that provides financial crisis support, but they also have a wellbeing helpline, um, and the number people can call is 1-800-959-500, and you're able to access free counselling support that is tailored for a musician or someone working in the music industry. I think it's just so important for everyone in the community to be able to get support at this time when we may be feeling a bit isolated with physical distancing. I think that's 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 very true, and I think it's beyond COVID. I mean, I've spoken to us for a long time, and one thing that they keep telling me is that, you know, the things that people don't see that goes into a tour, I mean, the, 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 the stress, the... the Sometimes they don't eat, you know, the, the, there's a lot of alcohol and drugs obviously around when they're on tour, but it's also the mental stress of physically staying fit when you're on the road, particularly if you've got a young family for maybe nine months of the year. Mm. Yeah, yes. Um, so I, I think thinking about those type of things when you're on the road, it might be, it might be harder to think about as mm. opposed to if you have um, one place that you live all the time that it, I think it's easy to create a daily structure that you can get into a routine and feel comfortable with um, but I think when you're on the road yeah absolutely like you've said like disrupted um, you know eating patterns sleeping patterns like disrupted relationships in terms of having you know gaps between spending time with loved ones and family and so that can definitely add challenges to you know working as a musician or in the music industry no, no, no. And obviously also I want to touch upon this is that you're an Are You OK ambassador, which is something that, you know, is very passionate about helping everyone, but also, you know, helping musicians. How did you get involved with the Are, Are You OK? So I approached them about three years ago. Yep. So when 
I was thinking about being a musician. I was also thinking I wanted to, you know, be able to represent a not-for-profit organization. Um, and I thought of Are You Okay? Because I love their message about it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to not understand what's going on with coronavirus right now and all the uncertainty. And I felt like that also fitted in with how I felt as a musician. Like, it's okay to feel performance anxiety. Um, you know, it's okay to feel those workplace pressures and that I wanted to contribute to that space to help connect people, to say, like, support is available and also to encourage people to have are you okay conversations so that if you see someone in your life that's struggling, maybe it's a friend, family member, co-worker, neighbour, that, you know, we would have the confidence to follow the four-step process of having an are you okay conversation to help someone. No, absolutely, Aslan. Um, before we go back to the music and staying on this point about uh, mental health, one thing that obviously all artists and actually people in entertainment have to deal with on a daily, constant basis is the harassment online, is the threats online, is the abuse online. Obviously, a lot of people see them as sort of like, I don't want to say gods, but see them in this different light, even though they're just humans. How do we, I guess, as fans of theirs or just people, just people, Go, hang on, they're just people at the end of the day, no matter how big or how wealthy they are. Yeah, I think empathy is a really underrated quality in people. But I think when I think of sort of conflict between people, I think that one of the best ways to approach it is empathy and compassion to try and see perspective for someone else. Um, and yeah, we're all human. If anything, coronavirus shows us that we're all we're all human. We all need self compassion and empathy. Um, and yeah, to think about what it's like for that other person, maybe before we post that comment. No, that's wise words, Aslan. As far as I guess, let's get back to the music because that's why here you've got a brand new single out the wall, which is um, an updated version with one of the very talented Patty Boomba. What can we expect from the next single, um, hopefully, in coming weeks or coming months? Just a hint. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm hoping to actually release another couple of songs in the next few months. So one of them is going to be an Are You Okay themed song. Excellent. And I'm excited about that because I know it's been really hard for Are You Okay to do our usual workshops and presentations about Are You Okay because of physical distancing. Yep. Um, so I'm really hoping that this song will inspire people to have more Are You Okay conversations. Um, and I also have another track that's got more of a dance vibe to it. Um, so I'm not sure if I would call it electronic pop, but it's definitely got a beat to it. So I'm excited to release that in future as well. So where do you see yourself in this sort of electronic field? Because it is such a wide field now. I mean, you've got so many artists and so many different spectrums of the EDM scene. Where do you feel like you fit in on a personal level? Uh, look, I've actually had different music people in the industry sample, like listen to my songs that I haven't released yet to kind of get that feedback from, like what kind of genre do you see me as? And the feedback I get is just say that I'm pop because I'm not, I guess I'm not strictly EDM at all, that I'm really flexible. And I love that because it means I'm always thinking about expressing myself and the stories that I want to tell and not just boxing myself to one particular sound. And like I said earlier, 
Patty is great. Like if I say, let's try this different type of style, that he's really happy to come with me and to experiment in that space. So I find that really exciting to be able to be able to be flexible and try out different styles. So I guess I like to call myself pop because, I mean, pop is quite inclusive. You could be country pop, indie pop, electronic pop. So in a way, it feels like it's a really inclusive place to be in terms of my music. Well, that's the, I think the thing with pop music is, is so diverse, as you already mentioned. It, it covers every single spectrum. And it's one of those things that, so is Paddy going to be one of the, I'll try and use a sort of an artistry sort of um, workings, which is, is it going to be similar to the, the Chainsmokers where you have Drew and Ty, who's, Drew sings a lot, and then you got, um, I think it's Ty, who does all the EDM stuff at the back, but it's, it's basically a band sort of workings as the Chainsmokers is, or is yours a completely different sort of setup? No, well, I guess I'm a solo artist, yeah. and I've had Patty come on board as my producer, so I guess, you know, it was nice to be able to include him in the title track for The War, because otherwise people would have no idea the difference between this new version and the old one with Joel Turner, and I think that was a, you know, a nice song to have the remix with him, so it's a way to introduce him to the world as my new producer. Uh, but no, he, he's very flexible that I take the music that I write to him, and then he helps me make it happen, the vision that I have for the song. So, so yeah, still a solo artist, but really I think we're a great team making music together. Would it be something in the future that you might entertain that you guys work together or do a tour together? Oh, look, I have no idea. I mean, I've never actually met him, in, like, in person after three years. So, so definitely I've never, you know, had that thought because I'm like, well, will we will we even meet one day? So, look, if we meet one day, like, maybe. But, yeah, look, he tours with a lot of artists, so I'm sure he would be really excellent and supportive on stage because he's really awesome at music. So I'm sure it would be a privilege if I ever got the chance to tour with him. Yeah, I think that would be really quite interesting because I envision that it would be something wildly different. As far as I guess, a live showcase is obviously out the door at the moment, but have you been able to do some um, uh, Instagram or Facebook Live sort of little showcases yet? No, I haven't, and I guess I guess I have mixed feelings about it. Like yeah. I'm. I'm totally for self-choice, and I think if people, musicians want to do it, that's totally up to them, that's their choice. Um, but for me, I haven't felt like that's a space that I wanted to explore yet. Um, I guess for me, I've chosen to really, you know, take my song onto radio, and that's been really fulfilling for me because, like you were saying earlier, I love chatting to new people. Um, I think it's amazing having my song play on Two Oceans FM, and so I guess that's where I've prioritised putting my time at the moment. Um, I'm still working on writing music and some production, and I guess I feel like that's probably as much energy I have at the moment to give to things. No, I think that's fine. I mean, at the end of the day, it's what you feel comfortable with, and um, obviously, a lot of artists tend to do it. I, th I think it's I think it's just because they've got nothing else to do, or, or probably the fact that they they miss that sort of tour. Because a lot of them, from what I've gathered, uh, were actually currently on tour when um, COVID was happening. So that's kind of where it was a little bit tricky for them, and they needed that outlet to obviously perform still. So on a musical yeah. wider front for you, how do you think COVID has impacted the music industry, and how do you think potentially it has changed it forever or maybe in a better light? Well, it definitely has 
very much impacted the yeah. music industry um, because I haven't done a live gig in three months since, you know, it's to do with the size restrictions mm. that, um, you know, they, they stop people from getting together in groups of 500 and then 100. And so I've, I've heard things like the chief health officer has said that there needs to be a vaccine for COVID before there can be a big scale music festival in future. And I guess that's really uncertain. Like vaccines can take years mm. to develop. And so that's a really uncertain space. So, yes, it's definitely impacted the music industry because you think of all the people who get involved in a concert. You know, usually we just think about the artist on stage, but you think about all the people that get employed to be part of that event. So the tour manager, the artist manager, the the roadies, the, you know, the event crew and the people who sell the beverages and the food. And the tickets, you know, so it's a whole industry, not just the musician on stage. So I think, yeah, it's definitely greatly impacted people. Um, I guess in terms of, you know, positive changes, I think, like you said, like some people are exploring online options like streaming their concerts, um, you know, finding new ways to collaborate with people online, to develop content that's connecting with people. And that's been exciting. I think, you know, finding ways around barriers, finding new ways to do things and not just focusing on what we can't do, I think that's really positive. But I certainly wouldn't want to, I guess, underestimate how this has impacted the music industry because it really has. No, it definitely has. And, um, I mean, the only problem I see festivals getting back is probably international artists. I don't see us doing that for until probably next year. Um, I know most of the festival goers in country music are setting up for end of this year and start of next year. And... You know, if you're talking about crowds, I know that the AFL got crowds in Adelaide for t- tomorrow's game. So I think it's a slow grind. I think, hopefully, fingers crossed, we don't get that secondary wave as bad as what other countries have got. And then maybe, you know, maybe Oxford or Australia or the US. I'm, I'm sure every country is biting at, biting at the bit to get their vaccine out within this year or early next year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess, I guess this is part of why COVID has been so challenging for all of us. Mm. It's just... Not knowing, we just don't know when things are going to shift and how they're going to shift. So, I think, yeah, just trying to be self compassionate and understanding to ourselves and to other people is so important right now. I think it is, and I, and I think the biggest thing is that we're getting so much information from so many different people. We don't know which one is like, oh, is that is that the true fact, or is that just the like worst case scenario? You know, is it you know yeah, which that I, that's the scary part because I've read like you won't be able to go overseas because I was supposed to go overseas early next year until middle of 2021 or 22 now it's like hang on what and then you hear yeah. oh it might be like november this year you might be able to go overseas it's like make up your mind almost it's really hard for people yeah absolutely and i've heard about musicians who are trying to be really reactive to yeah. all the changes like you're saying like oh okay so now i can do it in this day oh no it's changed quick let's change it to the next day And it's almost, yeah, it's overwhelming and stressful, like you were saying about all the information that's out there because things are shifting so quickly. And also just like you were talking about social media earlier, like that can be so loud that it's so hard to think, or that's how I find it at times. Like, wow, I feel so overwhelmed that I think sometimes it can be nice just to have kind of some nice time out from social media just to get some perspective and to take care of ourselves. Well, that's the thing, like, I... You know, I'm, I was on Twitter probably every day for probably, I reckon, three or four months, you know, for hours on end. And I just went one day, hang on. And I think last week was the first time in nearly four months I was on Twitter. 
I was like, I was done with it. I just didn't want to, like, it was constant COVID. It was constant sadness. It was like, it was yeah. updates every two seconds. And they, like, immediately yeah. drained you. So I went, okay, I'm off. And it, it's, it's fantastic, actually, I must admit, being off social media. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess that's the thing. Like, I guess the thing that isn't changing, and that is COVID's still there. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of, like, the main thing. It's like, no, COVID's still there today. It'll probably, it'll still be there tomorrow, it'll the next be- day. So, th- so, yeah, so you kind of, we, we know that. So do we need to be feeding ourselves that every day when it may not be good for our health and our sense of hope and well-being? No, and I think that's the thing. I think people are just clinging on to some bit of good news that the vaccine is in its latest stages or this flight in this country is now going overseas. So they're clinging on to something instead of like, hang on, let's just wait and see. Eventually we will get back to normality. That's pretty certain, I think, at this time. But there has been obviously... Yes, COVID has killed, unfortunately, so many people. But the benefits, you know, you look at climate change, you look at what's happened across the world. I mean, China's as clean as it's ever been. I mean, there's dolphins in the, in the, in the Venice River now. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think, first time in like 50 years. So there is, I guess, that besides the sadness, there is some benefits that are slowly coming back, I guess, to the env- on, on environmental front, I must admit. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. Like, it's really wonderful to see the environment doing well during this time where a lot of us are staying at home and not travelling, using cars, that type of thing. But even, like, I notice really subtle things about myself and the area where I live because, you know, I don't actually spend a lot of time in my area during the week. I'm actually out a lot, and I'm noticing even just more about the people who live near where I live. Um, So that's kind of nice to have this time to breathe and kind of just relax and look around um, to, you know, things that I might normally just be rushing past. Well, I think that's the the key thing you've just hit on the head is that I think for the first time probably in 20 years, we've all had to stop and slow down and we're now starting to go, is it really worth it to work 60, 70 hours and not spend time with the family? And now you're seeing all this like, this, this change in the workforce where people are like, well, I might work from home more now because I want that work-life balance that we've always wanted, but now there's, we have to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I think for a lot of workplaces, they've been forced to work from home, whereas their workplace probably never would have given them that option before. Mm. And now, you know, workplaces are saying, actually, we managed to keep the business afloat. It's actually been okay. So hopefully, like, I'm hoping that employees will have you know, be more empowered to be able to negotiate to have work from home options because, yeah, I mean, it's great if you don't have to travel two hours every day, (laughs) be in your car, like the amount of petrol and time that you can save that you can then contribute towards your lifestyle and, you know, people that you care about in your life. No, well said, Aslan. Thank you so much for joining me today. We will definitely be playing this interview tonight for everyone and, of course, playing the new single. Thank you so much for taking the time this morning. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Jared. It's been great to chat to you and your listeners on Two Oceans FM. Thank you. No problem. If you want to give a quick social where everyone can catch you and uh, where they can get the new single. Yeah, so I'm on all streaming services such as Apple Music and Spotify. And if you can spell my name, you'll be able to find it. So it's A-I-S for September, L-I-N-N for November. And my last name is Sharp, spelled S-H-A-R-P. Awesome. Thank you so much, Aslan. Thank you.